Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Locked on Bucks, Frank Madden joining you tonight solo for at least a few minutes. Eric Name is busy producing uh, that that basketball tournament that uh, you're aware of. Eric's uh, busy producing uh, some radio broadcasts of that uh, that whole March Madness thing. Uh, but tonight we are sponsored by Mac Weldon, our good friends at Mac Weldon. They make the most comfortable clothing you can think of. Uh, you've heard us talk a lot about our beloved hoodies. Uh, they've got pretty much the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, polos, uh, shorts, you know, things that you would put on your body to wear. Uh, they look they look good. They're comfortable. Um, you should definitely check them out, and you should definitely use our promo code LOBUCKS, that's L-O-B-U-C-K-S, to get a 20% uh, off offer on your first purchase at Mac Weldon. Um, so I wanted to dive a little bit here into the weekend for the Milwaukee Bucks. They're coming off, obviously, a big win in LA on Wednesday. And I feel like I listened back to our recording uh, the other day on that game, and we totally forgot to mention the free throw line, which was, I think, a really critical piece to it. I think the Bucks and Clippers ended up about even uh, at the end of the night, but the Bucks hit 19 to 25 all in the second half and ended up being really important in terms of we you know, talk about their offense in the fourth quarter uh, being able to kind of hold off uh, a clipper rally uh, being able to hold the clippers at bay even when Giannis was mysteriously on the bench and a lot of that was because they got in the bonus early they were aggressive they were going to the rim you know, Giannis drew some fouls Chris Middleton drew fouls uh, and you know again not surprisingly, you get to the free throw line early and often in a fourth quarter, you are much more likely to to put up some good numbers and uh, and have the kind of consistent offense that, let's be honest, the Bucks have missed for a lot of the season. So anyway, putting a bow on the Clippers win, we'll talk a little bit more about the LA Clippers and a little segment we've got coming up with Eric. Um, but looking ahead to the weekend, tonight, Friday night, the LA Lakers the sadness, the March sadness of the LA Lakers. They come in having lost by 39 on Wednesday uh, in Houston to the Rockets. I mean, the Rockets are awesome, but I mean, seriously, losing by by 39, uh, not great, uh, LA. Uh, Julius Randle had a big night, 32 points. Brandon Ingram played well. Uh, he's starting. He played 39 minutes, uh, had 18 points, six boards, three assists, a steal. He has had his share of struggles, but he's obviously very young still. Um, and the Lakers are making no bones about what they're doing right now. They uh, need to finish in the top three in the draft order uh, in order to keep their pick this year. Otherwise, it will go to the Philadelphia 76ers. And yes, sigh, that is the pick that the Bucks could have had in the Brandon Knight trade. But, you know, so it goes. Let's not relitigate that whole thing. Um, the bottom line is uh, the Lakers need to lose, and and they are they are awesome at losing right now. Uh, they are second in the league in the lottery standings. Um, I think they started ten and ten. They are now 
20 and 48. Uh, they are a more respectable 12 and 19 at home, um, but they have been losing a lot of games <laughs> everywhere uh, lately. Uh, Luol Deng and Tim- Timothy Mozgov, uh, whom the Lakers signed for $8.8 trillion this offseason, are completely shut down just just because. Uh, they're playing young guys. Uh, Visa Zubac is starting at center, maybe kind of a thon starter. Uh, played 11 minutes uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, Nick Young. Nick Young may be the savvy veteran of this group. And Corey Brewer, uh, my beloved Corey Brewer, who was terrible on the Rockets, uh, he was a minus 28 in his return to Houston. Uh, he's pretty much the only other veteran who, who seems to be getting any minutes. So this is a team that is ripe uh, for a beating. They have been terrible defensively of late, and they give up tons of threes, and we saw Giannis put 41 on them in Milwaukee in that loss that we don't really want to think about. And uh, look, I'll be honest, I I, want to win, but I need a Giannis outburst, you know? Uh, It's been three games since Giannis uh, really kind of, well, it's been three games since Giannis scored over 20, and uh, it's been really since the Knicks game last week where he had a real big scoring night. So I feel like we need a, a, a proper Giannis uh, big scoring night. I, I do not think the Laker defense is necessarily up for it. Um, then again, the Bucks have the the Golden State Warriors on Saturday. So, uh, you know, again, uh, you don't want to look past the Lakers. Uh, and I'm guessing that loss means they're less likely to, but uh, maybe also, weirdly, Giannis has only played 28 minutes the last two games. Maybe it wouldn't be bad to try to limit his minutes again in this one if the Bucks can can run out and, and win by a lot. But, okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, looking ahead to the game on Saturday, the Bucks have played the Warriors tough the last two years. Uh, I, I don't necessarily know why, uh, given the Warriors shoot tons of threes and the Bucks have obviously had their struggles with teams that are explosive offensively. But um, I think a team like the Warriors, let's be honest, not a team that typically has much rim protection other than Draymond being amazing and, you know, JaVale McGee does make appearances and nominally is a rim protector. Um but this is a team that, you know, again, uh, as much as they have been a, a very good defensive team for most of the year, uh, they lose something with Kevin Durant out for uh, another bit here with his knee injury. Uh, and the Warriors have looked vulnerable. Um, I don't know if they're Bucks winning in Oakland vulnerable, but uh, this is a team that earlier this week barely beat the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, as we have this conversation, uh, they are in the midst of playing uh, who are they playing tonight? They're playing uh, the Orlando Magic, where they're blowing out. Uh, Steph Curry left early in the game with a tweaked ankle, but did return. So presumably he'll be available on Saturday night. Um, so the Warriors looking a little bit more like the Warriors after some bobbles uh, in the aftermath of losing Kevin Durant, which maybe isn't that surprising. Um, but uh, we'll certainly be interested to see if the Bucks can once again give them uh, a run for their money. As you, of course, recall, they gave the Warriors their first loss last year. They were the only team in the league to outscore the Warriors head-to-head uh, over a season series last year. Granted, they only played two games. That probably helped, but they threw a scare into the Warriors in Oakland last year before uh, the Warriors came back from double digits uh, to beat them last season in Oakland. And obviously the Bucks played them very difficult early uh, in this season as well. Um, had a chance to win the game. I think they lost by one uh, against the Warriors in Milwaukee. So, who knows? But first things first, got to take out the Lakers on Friday night. Uh, let's not get 
greedy just yet. Uh, so do that first thing at hand. And I have to say one thing. What, what you know, we'll probably talk a bit about uh, guys that we like in the uh, in in the draft potentially. Now that we're watching some uh, March Madness, Florida State's Jonathan Isaac, interesting prospect, six ten, skinny as a rail, looks kind of like a baby giraffe, has that kind of baby giraffe awkwardness, but just does a lot of stuff. Uh, average about twelve points, eight rebounds, block and a half uh, this season. You know, pretty athletic guy. It's a little bit awkward um, freshman for the Seminoles. But interestingly, he's an 80% free throw shooter. He shot 35, 36% from three. Seems to have good touch. Really efficient scorer this year. Not a high volume guy. Had his ups and downs against good teams. But um, just a really interesting prospect, a guy who, uh, again, as he fills out, he had a really big growth spurt, like a seven inch growth spurt in high school, um, which probably contributes to the fact that he still knows how to kind of shoot because he had to be a guard before that so uh i think an interesting guy you know maybe not a guy that fills a button need for the bucks uh and let's be honest likely not going to be there when the bucks pick uh because right now they're projected to be outside the lottery and he's uh draft search hasn't met number nine but he's kind of a fun guy that i watched tonight uh who i thought was pretty interesting and, and dynamic and, and capable of doing a, a bunch of different things so that is my random prospect that i watched tonight he had six assists too apparently that's an outlier but um seemed to have pretty pretty decent basketball iq so that's one thing but anyway uh before we get into this segment with eric and i talking about la clippers players that's my sneak preview uh i do want to talk about mac weldon uh, you've heard us talk about uh, our beloved hoodies uh they are super comfortable like all mac weldon clothing and they actually look good we don't look like you know scrubs walking around in a hooded sweatshirt i mean i love my like russell athletic hooded sweatshirt too but you know that's like when i'm walking around my yard with you know walking my dogs or something not really if i'm gonna like go out and be seen in public so um the great thing about mac weldon is they're super comfortable awesome fabrics um really high quality stuff and uh you know your your significant other will will actually be willing to be seen with you in public while you're wearing them so check them out um their fabrics are antimicrobial microbial excuse me uh which is great uh, because uh, if you're disgusting, you you don't want microbes uh, for obvious reasons. Um, so check them out. And of course, uh, the best part is you get 20% off with our promo code. That's L-O-B-U-C-K-S, L-O-Bucks. Enter it uh, when you're in checkout. Um, I uh, I was just browsing. I think I'm going to buy the, uh, the uh, I think they're called the Ace Pant. It's like a sweat, sweat pant. Uh, I think I need that in my life. I think that's the next the next step in my my weekend lounging around doing nothing clothing but but i could actually go to the grocery store and be seen in public with it so that's again kind of key uh but anyway check out mac weldon uh for great stuff whether it's hoodies sweatshirts sweatpants underwear socks undershirts if it goes on your body they they probably make it so check them out macweldon.com and use that lo bucks promo code and with that, I'll leave you, dear friends. Uh, enjoy the weekend, and more importantly, hopefully you get some amusement from this segment that Eric and I recorded uh, about you know, looking at the LA Clippers. I mean, let's be honest, Clippers lost to the Bucks on Wednesday. They lose again on Thursday night in Denver. Weird times in LA. Maybe, maybe, maybe a time to blow things up in LA. And uh, we began to ponder what uh, what pieces of the the Clippers roster might be interesting to the Milwaukee Bucks. But not not likely to ever lead to anything. But you know, just hypothetically, it was a fun topic to go over. And uh, so, without further ado, check that out, and we will talk to you guys on Monday. I guess over the last day, 
I've been listening to a lot of Zach Lowe. Um, Zach Lowe obviously has the low post, and he had it with Kevin Arnovitz. And um, I don't did you did you hear that podcast or see that podcast, Frank? Uh, I saw that it was in my podcast player. I have not listened to it yet. So I I know it it happened, and you gave me the brief background, but I have not listened to it yet. Okay, so on the Arnovitz one, um, he he said some or Kevin Arnovitz said some very interesting things about the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, they talked, they broke down the playoff races. That, that one I, that one, yeah, that one I heard. I didn't hear the, the Zach Lowe one. Okay. So they broke down some stuff and Arnovitz mentioned that, uh, which this is genius. And I'm actually upset that I haven't heard him say this before or thought of it myself, but he said he refers to the Bucks offense as provisional and that, to, to quote him correctly, he said, it's funny, I've always referred to the Bucks' offense as provisional. Basically, that's a knock. I'm not going to lie. There's no grand design there, but the thing with Giannis is, like, it, it doesn't even matter. Provisional has all of a sudden become this asset because he goes so early, and at that moment when he goes, there's such a wild advantage over their opponent. And he goes on to talk about how there's compromised half-court players like John Henson and Tony Snell and yeah but anyways he was very complimentary of Giannis while also trashing the Bucks offense which I think is is something <laughs> we've done uh over the last couple of years I know um when we were still brew potting I was talking about how the thing I really dislike the most is when the Bucks really try to hunt out those mismatches and uh Jason Kidd is at half court pointing exactly where the mismatches are and they get into the possession at like 10 seconds um so that this it was a genius turn of phrase from Kevin Arnovitz and I'm upset and happy that he came up with it yeah and that's pretty much what Kevin is like in real life um I've I've gotten to know Kevin a little bit from all the times I've gone to Vegas um and he's he's a, a great guy and and very he's just a very I mean as you can as you can probably guess from just sort of the way he, he's probably like the most well-spoken po- NBA podcast guest I can think of um he he's just has a great way with sort of I don't know I feel like he brings a a language and uh and vernacular to discussing the NBA that just nobody else does but I totally um, but Kevin, agree with that Yes. Yeah, but but Kevin's great, and um, it's funny. I think the last time I saw him, he was asking me in Vegas about um, whether I'd seen some like PBS documentary on um, like some like it was like some working class stuff in Milwaukee and stuff like that. <laughs> that's just like the kind of that's just the kind of stuff like Kevin has you know has seen um, and is and is attuned to. Um, but but he's he's great and um, always a really good podcast listen, no matter uh, who he's talking about and. Um, I mean, it's kind of funny. As I was listening, I was kind of like, Giannis goes early, certainly in transition, but I feel like in half court, Giannis can actually be pretty ponderous and actually pretty indecisive, um, which is, you know, it's sort of like two two very different things. Um, it's kind of like if, if it's there early, Giannis is amazing and will, you know, cause all this disruption. We saw yeah. it in Memphis on Monday night um, when he can get really going and get a true transition opportunity. Uh, and his ability to obviously create from nothing is is obviously basically um, without parallel. You know, maybe LeBron is in that category as well on the break. But um, but in half court, it's just it's just so hard for him because he doesn't want to shoot jumpers, right? I mean, that's that's I think the the obviously the dimension that that isn't there, and um, not just that uh, you know he 
he's not good at them yet uh, or consistent at them, but he just he knows that it, it's not his game and he doesn't want to you know settle for those early. Um, and so it, you can tell that that's it, it's definitely a challenge at times uh, having to sort of probe and then back out and yeah. um, reverse the ball and things like that. But anyway, continue. Okay, so that that was one I just wanted to touch on the low post Arnovitz conversation because I thought that point was interesting enough for me to transcribe and tweet out um and then an hour later i saw that critique my coworker at espn milwaukee had already done that uh two hours earlier um which did not make me feel good about myself that i did all of that work for something he had already done um that was that was not awesome uh continuing low zach low reunion with bill simmons which is for I think for certain basketball nerds, a, a bit of euphoria to see them come back together and get to talk. And I certainly wouldn't have thought it was possible that ESPN would allow Zach to go uh, on the ringer and talk with with Bill Simmons. That didn't seem like something that was in the realm of possibility. And uh, unfortunately for Bucks fans, they only talked about they only talked about the Western Conference. Um, there was not a single. Bucks mention, um, but there was a topic that made me think very much about the Bucks, and it was about their opponent coming up on Wednesday, the Los Angeles Clippers. And in the conversation, they're they're talking about whether or not the Clippers are going to blow it up going forward, and if they don't win anything this year, if they don't advance to the Western Conference Finals, is is this now finally the time that they're going to blow it all up and? Bill makes a mention of Doc spending a little bit more time at the Bel Air Country Club and how and Zach laughed and then kind of confirmed that, yeah, they're the conversations of Doc possibly not being the coach anymore in Los Angeles are healthier than they've ever been, I believe was his turn of phrase. So there seems to be at least some chance that the Clippers would uh, Doc Rivers would I don't know what retire move on to because he's what president of basketball ops maybe just move on to president of basketball ops maybe not do any of it anymore and I think obviously you would also think that the big three would all get split up and Blake Griffin DeAndre Jordan and Chris Paul maybe they keep one or two of them but maybe they blow it all up and that led me to think about the Milwaukee Bucks and those three players and I guess, Frank, uh, let's have a little thought exercise here. Um, as the Bucks are playing the Clippers, as that kind of broke on the on Bill Simmons' podcast, which of the big three would you, I don't even know how to phrase this, would you most like the Bucks to pursue? Do you think fits the best? Um, would you be okay with paying the price to get? Uh, all of those things. Is it likely that this player would come there? All of those things... What interests you the? Which of those three players interests you the most as a member of the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah, it's kind of a, it's a tough question because Chris Paul can become a free agent this this uh, I guess this summer, um, and and so can Blake Griffin I guess. Yep. Um, so they both have really termination options. So it's it, it's kind of like well, I mean, the hard part for with blowing it up for them is that they have nothing really other than those guys, right? They've got JJ Redick as a free agent. Um, obviously you'd want to resign him, um, given they have bird rights on him and they can't really sign anybody else cause they don't have money. Um, 
But with these other guys, uh, DeAndre Jordan, you've got for next year, and then he has a player option in 2018-19. Um, but the, the the two other big, you know, big three guys, and as I say this, um, the Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, uh, State Farm commercial just came on, um, so fitting. Um, but it's a little hard because, like, if blow, I mean, what does blowing it up mean for the Clippers, right? It, it's like, are you just not going to re-sign Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and then trade DeAndre Jordan and have basically... You could turn them into uh, sign-in trades, right? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, the, the you could, but... but you, I mean, you're, I mean, you're again, not going to get great value, etc. Right, right. You're not going to get, like, you know, a King's Ransom unless... Unless... Um, you know, there's some weird circumstance where uh, the guy insists on going to a team that ha- doesn't have cap space and, you know, basically, you know, needs the help, right? If, if a team has cap space, then it's like, well, then they have no leverage. Um, if they only want to go to a team that doesn't have cap space and you need to do a sign and trade in order to facilitate, then, like, maybe you can get something. Um, but typically, you don't really get much in, in those those types of situations at this point. So, yep. so yeah, it's it's a weird situation. It, it almost they they almost from just a value perspective, they almost have to run it back and max out Chris Paul, max out Blake Griffin, and then you know maybe they give it one more year, uh, assuming all those guys are are good to stick around. And then if it doesn't work out, then maybe you try to trade them while they still have you know while they're still sort of in in you know maybe Chris Paul's a little bit past his prime at this point at think he's going to be 32 next year but um but yeah it, it's an interesting situation obviously uh, so to answer your question in terms of the player who would probably have the biggest positive impact i would say i would still say chris paul just because he's incredible yeah, <laughs> I mean, totally. we saw we saw what he can do the bucks have no you know don't don't have a legitimate starting nba caliber point guard Correct. right um and so Chris Paul, I think, is the guy who would clearly make the most practical difference on this roster. And I don't know, it's interesting to kind of ponder, you know, how good the Bucks could be with Chris Paul playing a song side. You know, let's say, you know, we'll, we'll count Jabari Parker out still for this season. But um, but if next season, you know, you somehow added Chris Paul and then you had, uh, let's say, Tony Snell, shooting guard, um, Chris Middleton, Giannis, uh, and then, you know, whoever Thon or, or whatever at, at, uh, at center. Um, I, I think you're going to win a ton of games. I, I would <laughs> like that. I, I think you, 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 you talk about a team that, you know, with healthy Middleton, uh, Giannis at the peak of his powers. Um, hopefully you can, you know, depending on what you had to do to get Chris Paul, that's part of the ultimate question here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you don't have to really give up, if you have more or less the same team currently, then I, I do think then you're talking about a 50 win team. Chris Paul's that good. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, well, how are you going to get Chris Paul? Like, you're not going to sign him as a free agent. You have no cap space to sign a guy of Chris Paul's caliber. Um, if the Clippers re-sign him, then you're not, you know, when would you even, when would you be trading for him? He's not going to agree to a sign and trade mm-hmm. with Milwaukee. So, um, so I don't think Chris Paul is a practical <laughs> guy to target. Totally agree. Uh, but, um, I think DeAndre Jordan is far more interesting because if you did get into a situation where, you know, one of Blake or Chris left um, and they do decide to try to cash in, I mean, the problem is if you lose one, then you almost have to get rid of everybody. Um, But uh, if they were in a position where they wanted to go young, for instance, and kind of hit the reset button, um, 
then I think DeAndre becomes the most interesting because, for one, I, I think he might actually be willing to play here, and he does have uh, a year beyond this one left. He almost um, took that meeting, Frank. He almost he took almost, that meeting. Yeah, that's right. He almost took a meeting with the Bucks a couple of years ago when we signed. Well, he thought he was going to sign in Dallas, and he ended up signing in L.A. So the the idea of playing for the Bucks apparently is is not completely abhorrent to DeAndre, and. You know, as much as the Bucks obviously need a, a, a starting caliber point guard, and Chris Paul is about as good as a starting caliber point guard as you'll find. Um, you know, other, other than the fact that DeAndre isn't a shooter, right? I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. the ideal guy is DeAndre Jordan with three point range, but um, <laughs> but absent that, I mean, DeAndre, what DeAndre brings as a shot blocker, as a defensive rebounder, um, you know, his finishing as a pick and roll guy, as a garbage man around the basket, his physicality. Um, I mean that would be a phenomenal addition yes. to to a team like the Bucks as well, right? And and uh, and so anyway, I'll I'll so and I'm not even gonna talk about Blake Griffin because I don't want Blake Griffin. Like Blake Griffin's really good. He's a power forward. Giannis is a power forward. Forget it. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Um, he's I, I think he's probably past his you know exiting his prime at this point. So I would let somebody else kind of take that plunge. But um, let me ask you. Well, I can ask you if you agree with that, and then I guess the interesting question is if the Clippers ever wanted to blow it up and trade DeAndre Jordan, um, given his contract situation, he's 28 years old right now, um, I don't know, would you give up a lot for DeAndre Jordan? Would you give up enough that the Clippers might actually consider it if they were trying to blow it up? I, I guess some of the interesting stuff here is, one, Chris Paul's the point god. He will always be the point god, and adding him would be incredible. But because he is that caliber of player, because he essentially has all of the control that he would want going forward, um, Milwaukee seems quite unlikely. I think I like Blake Griffin a lot more than a lot of people do, but positionally he makes no sense. One, for Giannis, and two, if Jubari Parker is able to come back and is some semblance of the player that it used to be, well, Blake Griffin... Blake Griffin really doesn't make any sense then. Um, So he doesn't make any sense. And I guess moving on to DeAndre, I guess he's he's at 28 now. Um, So next year, I I think he might have just turned. So next year will be like his age 28 season. And he's a guy that obviously relies on some athleticism. But at the same time, he's also just a monstrous human being. Um, and, And I think acquiring a guy at that age you think oh maybe he's like you said for griffin maybe he's on the backside of his prime can you still do this and i think with tyson chandler we've seen a guy that can kind of continue to do that so i don't know if that's necessarily a huge concern for me i think the biggest thing with deandre would be um when monroe signed his two-year plus a player option deal deandre signed a three-year plus a player option deal so if you would trade for him this offseason, you'd have one year for sure and then a player option for DeAndre um, the next season. And I feel like if we've learned if if we've learned anything recently, it's that one year of a center isn't really all that valuable. Or <laughs> like it doesn't seem that way. Um, the Bucks haven't been able to well, find Well, not not if it, not if it's a Bucks center, I guess. It's <laughs> <laughs> True, um, but I, I think the the Demarcus Cousins deal also again 
there's other character concerns, etc. Um, but I, I don't know. With the way contracts are structured now, I don't know how much one year of player like player ver- player X that also happens to be quite good. I don't know how much that is worth anymore. And I would assume you have to give up some stuff, but it it, w- it would all depend which direction the Clippers are trying to go in. Is for DeAndre though? I guess what would the market be? Are you? I'm assuming you probably have to throw in Thon. Or yeah. right? It, like I don't see how you get that trade done without Thon. I don't know if you. One, I don't know if anyone's interested in Jabari because there's so many question marks there. And two, I don't know if DeAndre would have enough value that if peak Jabari is what's going to come back and that's the form he's going to take. I don't know if you have to give that up for one year of DeAndre. Yeah, I think if if DeAndre was 26 with three years left on his deal, then King, I think King's I would. Him. Yeah, it would be a lot. Yeah, I, I would. I would be willing to do you know. Thon plus a first round pick or, or, or something like that. Um, because I just think he, he's, he's proven to be so valuable. Um, and, and on both ends, you know, what, what his skill set is now, I think again, the, the Bucks sort of offensive scheme, the provisional scheme, the Bucks run, I think would make even <laughs> less sense with a Deandre Jordan type because, um, he's a pick and roll finisher. Yep. He's not a guy that you're going to have, you know, standing out 22 feet from the basket um, corner series know, would not look good on him. No, no, that that is not the kind of offense you run with with DeAndre Jordan. That's you know partially why probably the Bucks you know we're never going to get as much value as you might like from a guy like Miles Plumley. Um, so you'd have to probably do some things differently. Um, and and you know do you, obviously you don't have Chris Paul throwing a alley oop, so that that hurts. Although I, I did I looked at his numbers on NBA Wowie without Chris Paul. Okay. And I think for the for the season, DeAndre is averaging fourteen point one points on seventy point one percent shooting from the field, and I think it was without Chris Paul, he was averaging fourteen point one points per thirty six with seventy point three percent shooting from the field. So, okay, uh, you know the offensive side is where you would think he would suffer uh, playing without Chris Paul throwing him alley oops, but it. it I don't know. I mean, the, the NBA Wow we said didn't really seem to suggest that that, that was the case. So um, I, I think we we just kind of need to acknowledge that that you know. And again, as much as people like to deride him as being just a dunker, what he does, I mean, being able to rim roll <laughs> yeah. and dunk on dudes uh, the way he does, that is. I mean, if that was easy, more guys would do it. You yeah. know, um, and and to score 14 points a game on just absolutely insane efficiency. Uh, the way he does, you know, again, people don't like to give the dunker credit, um, but I think this year, I mean, the, the the numbers with and without Chris Paul suggest he, he doesn't necessarily need the game, the, you know, the point god throwing him alley oops like, to, to be effective. I guess just imagine a juiced up Miles Plumley. Like if you enjoyed the Miles <laughs> Plumley that was rim rolling and the way the Bucks looked when he was doing it, imagine a dude even bigger than him, even more athletic, even longer. Like even... who's, who's also who's also a major defensive impact player, Correct. who rebounds, who's one of the best defensive rebounders in the league. Yeah, <laughs> like if you yeah, like, I, I like that version right? of Miles Plumlee. Give me that Miles Plumlee. <laughs> Isn't that pretty cool? Um, that would be what you'd be getting with DeAndre. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think when I was listening to that podcast, they came to that point, suggested that, and immediately my mind just kind of went to. DeAndre Jordan, which is crazy to think like, oh, the Clippers are blowing it up. 
I should, of course, be thinking about Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, but no, like they don't really seem to be good fits for Milwaukee. And DeAndre does seem to be a great fit. And if we're talking about trying to upgrade those positions, the center position and the point guard position, I don't know if there's a more logical, a more logical upgrade to be had in in this hypothetical. So again, it's not logical. Um, but in this hypothetical, then DeAndre Jordan. So I don't know. It, it was just something my mind immediately went to. And since the Bucks are playing the Clippers anyways, I figured why not discuss it. It would, it would be a pretty fun world if you had if you had Giannis and DeAndre Jordan next to each other. I mean, you'd be hard pressed <laughs> to find a more physically gifted four five combination. I, I would yeah. I would go way out on a limb and say that from a pure pure physical talent um, and physicality standpoint, uh, not a lot of guys would would be able to match. Not a lot of teams in NBA history would be able to match you uh, on that front. But uh, alas, I do not anticipate DeAndre Jordan being a Milwaukee Buck. Um, wait, so wait, let me so so give me your answer if. if Let's just say if, you know, and again, this ignores sort of the cap matching and things like that, but if the the uh, Clippers, uh, let's say, uh, this fall come to you and say, hey, you know what, we're blowing it up, give us Thon uh, straight up for DeAndre, so assume there's nothing else involved, give us Thon for DeAndre, and you have no uh, no guarantee, he, he makes no commitments that he will stay beyond the one year left on his deal. Do you do that deal? Yes. Okay. I did, uh, yes. Uh, again, obviously that makes you uncomfortable, but man, I just feel like playing with with Giannis for a year, doesn't that just seem like something that could totally convince someone to sign their long term? wouldn't that just be awesome as, as another player? And I know that's kind of a weird way to grade whether or not to do something, but I do, I do feel like as you, you start to think about reasons guys sign one is money. And if the bucks make that move, obviously you'd find a way to pay Deandre as much as necessary, but at the same time, actually having a chance to win some games and playing with Giannis seems relatively enjoyable. Um, I don't know. I, I I would say yes, and giving up Thon is not something that I would love to do. But it, I think, I think it would be necessary to get DeAndre. No. I mean, you're gonna have to give up something of value. I mean, you know, in it, my guess is the the Clippers would want two two valuable pieces. You know, something like give us two of Thon Jabari and and a first round pick. Something like that, right? Especially but you'd have Bucks. to talk them down. If it's only for a year and I have no guarantee, you'd have to be able to negotiate down, right? I, I, I for one year, I wouldn't give, I wouldn't give up two assets. But um, a first round pick, a mid first round pick for a chance to have DeAndre Jordan for a, a few years of of hopefully still peak DeAndre Jordan, um, I, I would do that in, in a heartbeat. And no. um, you know, I'm guessing people have an easier time doing a draft pick versus Thon, just because people are attached to Thon, because um, we, because he's a real person and people like him. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> interesting, an interesting hypothetical, um, and and does highlight that, you know, the the center position, whether it's Thon or somebody else, it, there's obviously a, a a looming question: which of the many bodies, or or maybe not any of those bodies, but which of the guys that the Bucks currently have. Um, or, or what are they going to do for a solution there, whether it's one of those guys or, or uh, 
or some other solution. But definitely something to keep an eye on this summer. Yeah, um, I, I was gonna say I, I think that pretty much colors this entire season. Like seeing those deficiencies in those areas, and uh, I think obviously that's going to color the off season as well. Like those those problems aren't going anywhere until they get fixed. So um, anytime we have a discussion about the future of the Milwaukee Bucks, how things are going, those those things are going to continue to come up.